Hi guys, it's Jess. Welcome back to the Not Carrie Bradshaw podcast where I discuss all things style, wellness, pop culture, and whatever else comes up from week to week. This episode is not going to be um, fun or light. Um, Trigger warning, I am going to be talking about mental health and suicide. So if those are topics that you're sensitive to, it's perfectly okay to tap out right now. Um, I Please bear with me as I get through this episode. Honestly, all of my episodes, this is a hard thing to do, but this is especially very personal. Um, for me, I've been thinking a lot about my content and especially with writing, and I haven't written anything in a minute. I feel like, I, like with writer's block, it's kind of like you've lost your superpower. So um, what I've been struggling with is does my content reflect enough of things that I would want to be known for or remembered for? Like, you know, whatever may live on after I'm not here, would my content reflect the things that I'm about? And I care a lot about the mental wellness of people, especially Black people and especially Black women. And I felt like I would be remiss if I didn't address... um this recent spike, it feels like, in um, publicized um, suicide. Uh, most recently, the um, suicide of Chesley Christ, which has just you know completely shocked a lot of people, and then also Regina King's son um, committing suicide as well. So there's a couple of things that I want to say, just based on the conversations that I've seen around this topic and as someone who um, has bouts of depression and who has had um, suicidal ideations, there is nothing that I can say that can make you understand the hopelessness of being in that place if you have just never been there. Um, I think that when things like this happen, especially for people that we don't think that it should happen to, where they arguably have everything going for themselves, especially the way that we define success in America um, in this very capitalistic way where it's a person is very educated, a person is very successful, a person is beautiful, a person can cross off all of these reasons why they should be well and why they aren't. Um, It leaves people with a lot of questions and we as as human beings have a desire to explain things that we don't fully understand. We do that because it's it's a tool of survival. Um, when you look at lore, that's where a lot of lore comes from. It's humans trying to understand things that they don't understand. And what I want for all of us to do is be flexible in our understanding of things. Um, It's okay to come up with a definition or an explanation for something in your mind if it brings you peace, but be open to the fact that you could be wrong about that. Um, The conversations that I've seen surrounding suicide have me really concerned about our lack of compassion for each other as a whole. There's this ongoing thing of check on your strong friends and well, people don't even know how to do that. People don't even be checking on you. People aren't real friends. Da, da, da. I can tell you from very personal experience when I was at my absolute lowest, um, when 
I truly felt like I was not supposed to be here. I wanted love and support and um, reassurance and validation and all of the things that I thought would make me feel better from my friends. And these are people who have been my friends for most of my life. And when they could not provide that relief from me, it was very easy for me to um, to feel angry towards them or to feel that they didn't love me or didn't care for me. As I have gotten older, I've come to understand that everyone does not have the capacity uh, or the knowledge. It's not it's not a lack of it's not not a lack of will. It's not that people don't want to help you. It's that people do not always have the awareness to know when something is wrong with you. A lot of people don't have the awareness to know when something is wrong with them. And when I zoomed out and I was looking at the people in my life, I recognized that, oh my God, they are hurting too and they don't even know that they are hurting. I know a lot of people who are actively um, depressed, actively anxious, actively have ADHD, but they have it in such a functional way that it is just their their homeostasis. And they have no awareness that they could be living better, that they could be living differently. They live in survival mode. They are living within their trauma still, like they are still being very much led by their trauma. And as a person who's been in therapy for like five years, it's easier for me to recognize that pain in them and to give them enough compassion and empathy and grace to know that it's not that they weren't willing to show up for me. They didn't know that that was what I needed. And they also don't do that for themselves. And I think that when we see tragedies like this happen, we just want to know why. We want to explain them. We want because we don't want anyone else to go through it. We don't want this to happen to anybody else, especially somebody else who objectively should be happy in their lives. And I understand that desire. I understand the desire for let's come up with why and let's come up with solutions. And people have been critical of suicide prevention hotlines and you know even the thing of like check on people. People are just doing the best that they can to in hopes that this won't happen to anybody else. So while there are a lot of systemic things that can contribute to the improvement of mental health, the the abil- the, the availability of mental health resources, um, you know, homelessness, like access to healthcare, all of these things, yes, a lot needs to improve in order for us to have a healthier society from a mental and emotional perspective. But people really are doing the best that they can. And you have to understand that a person not showing up for you in every way that you need them to, sometimes, yeah, it's intentional. Sometimes, yeah, people are just shitty 100%. But it's also that sometimes a person can love you very fiercely and very intensely and not know how to love you in the way that you need in certain ways. I have a very, very, very close friend, um, possibly the closest person in the world to me. I know that this person loves me quite deeply and would do anything for me, but this person, because of their own trauma, does not always have the capacity to show up for me and to hold space for me in that way 
when I am depressed because the way that they saw the way that they navigate the world is to come up with um, with solutions. They're very analytical. They're very solutions based. And if I'm having a depressive episode, sometimes I just need to be listened to and empathized with. And I don't need there isn't even a problem for them to solve. And I have recognized that just because that person does not know how to do that doesn't mean that that person doesn't love me. And this is not a hard and fast rule. I'm just saying that we have to be flexible in the way we navigate these confusing and upsetting and devastating things. Everyone is dealing with some shit. And the worst thing that we can do is stop showing compassion to other people because they don't know how to show compassion to themselves. If you can get an understanding of the extent to which a lot of people are just unaware of their own pain, you can understand how they're not aware of yours as well. And you can stop personalizing things and being so angry about it. And the anger and the disappointment that I was holding on to towards these people who I care for was really holding me back from my own healing and it wasn't until I learned how to be compassionate towards myself that I, I recognized how little other people do that for themselves. And I hope that what I'm saying makes sense. But what I'm getting at here, like the theme of this whole episode is that your standard is not the standard. So just because something works for you or even for the majority of people who you know does not mean that it works for everyone. Life is complicated and there are so many layers and nuances of what makes things what and that's why it's so hard to explain things like suicide because you have your idea of how things should be and someone else has their same thing and sometimes those things are in conflict and they rub up against each other and now you don't like that person because like y'all just they're coming from two completely like very two different worlds where you cannot see another person's perspective but it's really harmful to you and to other people to say oh y'all don't even have the patience to deal with people with mental health issues so I just don't think that that's fair because sometimes it's not a lack of patience it's a lack of awareness and a lack of ability. There's a reason why people have to be licensed and trained to deal with mental health issues. It's a very complex thing. So pointing fingers at people and saying, you're not good enough in this way is not helping because for all you know, you are also telling a person with depression who already feels that they're not good enough, that they're not good enough. You have to be careful with what you're assuming and, and, and the ways in which you're trying to explain things. One of the most traumatic periods in my life was college. Um, there were people that for whatever reason perceived that I was very conceited and that um, they felt like it was okay to be cruel to me because they perceived my life to be easier than theirs. They felt like I, I had certain things that they didn't have, or they felt like I behaved in a certain way that they didn't approve of, or maybe that they wished that they could have, or whatever. But there were people who felt okay being cruel to me because they felt like my life was so good or so perfect that I could take it. And they felt like 
you know, I'm not a perfect person. So there, it's entirely possible that on occasion I was an asshole. Everybody can be a little bit of an asshole. But they held on to that as a justification for being very unkind to me. And my depression and my suicidal ideations really peaked during that time. And people would say some incredibly horrific and unkind things to me, not knowing that they were chipping away at a self-confidence that they perceived me to have that simply was not there. So on both sides of it, you don't know what a person is going through to expect for them to be able to know what to do with you, with what you're going through. And there's layers and nuance to that, but all I can say is that you it has to start and stop somewhere. And if, it, if everyone can collectively learn to be compassionate towards themselves, then they can learn to be compassionate towards other people. Your standard for how you want to be treated is not someone else's standard. Some people need to talk things out and some people don't. Some people retreat and some people, you know, lean into extroversion. It's different. Let neuroplasticity happen. The ability for your mind to change, let that happen. That's okay. That is a good thing. That is how we evolve and grow as a species. It's okay. Um, the other thing that I want to say, um, so there is a um, a new documentary called We Have to Talk About um, Cosby. And I listened to um, Kamal Bell uh, who produced, um, maybe directed and wrote it. Anywho, um, he was on Larry Wilmore's podcast and I thought that he spoke really eloquently about why it's important not to just write people off for doing bad things, but to really look at and investigate what this person meant to a generation of black people, particularly a generation of black men. And what it means to grapple with knowing that that person was really harmful in these very specific ways. And also the fact that that person was given clues as to who they were the entire time, but no one picked up on it. Um, so I was talking with um, a black male friend of mine, like, hey, what do you, you know, are you going to watch the documentary, whatever, whatever. And he was saying that his issue with some of these documentaries that kind of circle around um, issues of sexual assault and abuse and um, coercion, all of these things is that they don't get to the root of the ways in which we are all complicit in these things. And I was like, oh, tell me more. Which I knew what he was talking about, but I wanted to have the conversation, of course, because that's what I like to do. I like to talk. And I like to listen. And I like to learn. So he was saying that... He sent me an example of a post that a woman posted on Instagram a couple days ago where this woman said, don't DM me saying that you want to have sex with me. You have to trick me. And I see the harm in that, in that a man will look at that or a person will look at that as an excuse for why coercion isn't sexual assault or rape. Someone could hold that up, um, that post from a woman, as saying, see, this is why it's okay. Women want to be tricked into. And I want to, once again, your standard is not the standard. 
And you can dehumanize the fuck out of a lot of people if you choose one thing and paint everything with a broad brush using that one thing. I think that it's important that we know that all of us have been socialized to believe some terrible shit about the ways in which men and women are supposed to engage with each other. Um, the whole playing hard to get thing and like um, tricking women into sex and like being turned off by women who are quote unquote too forward um, in vocalizing that they want to have sex with you. And like um, there's also a thing of like men being turned off by women who are too good at sex because they feel like those women are promiscuous. All of this is rooted in patriarchy and misogyny. The root of this for me, though, is that again, all the things we have all been taught some really shitty things about how sex is supposed to go between people, but I'm going to say men and women because that's the only sex that I know about um, from personal experience. Um, we do need to look more deeply at why women are not comfortable saying what they desire in sex. Why aren't we comfortable saying what we like and what we don't like? Why aren't we comfortable using agency? Why do women feel like once things get to a certain place in, you know, making out or whatever, being physical, that they can no longer say no? Um, there's a lot that we need to look at, but I want for us to also look at the ways in which we navigate relationships as women there are some things that we say and do that contribute to rape culture. And I'm not saying that in a victim blaming kind of way. I'm not saying that if something happens to you that you don't desire that and, and you didn't know how to speak up or whatever, that it's your fault. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying in the broader conversation about consent and sexual assault and dynamics between people in establishing romantic and or sexual relationships, there are some things that we need to unlearn as women as well. There are some things like it's one thing for you to have a certain kink or something like that. And what I what I would like to think is that what that woman was saying in that post is that she wants to be seduced and that she wants to be courted, not that she actually wants to be tricked. That's what I'm hoping. And I you know, like we got to be more aware of the words that we use because that's in, that is rape culture. What that what that woman posted, that's rape culture. That's unintentionally giving some uninformed and oftentimes um just not great people, permission to be that way. Um, there's some shit that we need to unlearn too. There's some shit that we need to do, not only in terms of protecting ourselves, but in shifting, but maybe creating a paradigm shift or something, because there really are a lot of us out here who do not know how to ask for what we want in any regard. And then you judge other women who do know how to ask for what they want. So again, your standard is not the standard. And that also goes back to this whole conversation that's been happening around um, hashtag cigar bay and all that nonsense. There is a difference between being a pick me and doing entirely too much to gain favor from a man 
or to um, uphold patriarchy, there's a difference between that and doing a nice gesture. And I want for people to understand that dating and pursuing love requires bravery. That's why it's called like falling in love. You have to take a plunge. You have to take a leap that you're being vulnerable is sometimes going to make you look stupid. You're sometimes going to say the wrong thing. You're sometimes um, going to, yeah, like feel like you're doing too much. But if you want actual love and companionship and, and emotional intimacy and all of those things that make relationships healthy and full and good, you have to be brave enough to look fucking stupid and I think a lot of the ways that we're navigating dating right now is that people are just trying not to look stupid people don't want to get played and bitch I get it okay thoughtful thing that I did there was a person who I dated a few years ago and I was really excited about this person and we were like giving each other an honest try and we were going on this date and this person really likes um, post-its. Like they put like affirmations and like reminders and stuff on post-its. And when I was at their house before this date, I noticed that they ran out of post-its and they couldn't find their post-its. So before this date, I bought them a weighted post-it pop-up thing and like a comical amount of pop-up post-its so that they, you know, wouldn't run out again. It was just a thoughtful thing. It cost me maybe like, 20 something dollars. I don't even know how much it costs. It doesn't matter. It was a thoughtful thing. That person ended up hurting me tremendously, um, humiliating me tremendously, put me in a state of depression that I did not think that I would come out of. Okay. I thought that I was never even going to want to date again after that. What I absolutely have no regrets about is doing that thoughtful thing because that is who I am as a person. And I was brave enough to take a chance and give that person a chance. That person was not brave enough to do the same with me. I have no regrets about how I performed in that relationship because I did what was true to me. I took a chance and it didn't work out and that's okay. It was very painful, but that's okay. Sometimes you're going to do quote unquote too much, but I would rather do what you consider to be too much and know that I behaved in a way that was true to myself in pursuit of the partnership that I'm looking for, I'd rather do that than play than, than play a game with one arm tied behind my back. I want to be with somebody who is free, who is brave enough to, to be free enough to not live in a state of trauma and survival mode where they're just trying not to be hurt. I don't want to date somebody who's just trying not to be hurt. I want to date somebody who's trying to be in love. Those are different things. If you are not brave enough to take the chance of maybe doing something for somebody that's not going to be reciprocated or, you know, like my friend has just gotten back into dating and he's like, I want to call this girl, but I don't, I don't want her to think that I'm thirsty. And I'm like, there's nothing thirsty about calling a person you want to talk to. And a person who would look at you as being thirsty for calling them is maybe not somebody who's brave enough to try to be with you. And maybe you don't want to be with that person. You have to be brave. 
you have to watch Brene Brown's special on Netflix, like I tell y'all to do all the motherfucking time, about what it means to be brave, to dare greatly. You will not get good things in this life if you are not brave enough to try. And if you fall on your ass and anyone makes fun of you, fuck them because they're not brave enough themselves. I have had friends who have watched me make a fool of myself, laugh at me for making a fool of myself, talk shit about me for making a fool of myself, but the whole time I was having fucking fun. And what were they doing? Watching me have fucking fun. And they still ain't having fucking fun, okay? Be a brave bitch. Be a bold bitch, okay? Take the chance. Sometimes you will fall, but at least you are being yourself. The person who's really for you can't fucking see you if you're being a compromised version of yourself because you're too afraid to be rejected, to be whatever. Rejection is not fun. It fucking sucks. Obviously. Trust me, I know. I'm a freelance writer. I get rejected every day. It's not fun. But it's also just a part of the path. So just know that anyone who's trying to like make you feel shitty for doing a thoughtful thing or being a thoughtful person within reason. Don't be out here love bombing people, okay? All of this is within reason. Do not take this and get carried away. There is no one answer for all things in life. And I damn sure don't have it because if I did, I'd be doing something else, okay? Take this within reason. But just know that everybody's standards are not going to be the same. And you just looking for the people where y'all standards match up, okay? Your standard is not the standard. So be flexible. Bend. Don't break. Allow life to happen and maybe change your mind for the better. Maybe. But nobody knows what they're doing. We're all just doing our best. Okay? Everybody is hurting in some kind of way. And just because people are not making space for your pain doesn't mean that they don't have pain of their own, bitch. Okay? So let's all just, you know, put your weapons away. Weapons meaning finger pointing. And fucking relax. Okay? Your standard is not the standard. What would make your life super great and super awesome and super livable right now may not be enough for somebody who is suffering with something else. So that's all I have to say. I know that this is a bit preachy. I know that this isn't fun, but I just want to make sure that while I have this platform and I have breath in my body and I am feeling good and I am joyful and I know that my life is full of love and all of the things I want to make sure that the content that I'm putting out is intentional and yes entertaining but also is reflective of who I am as a person and what I want people to take from the time that they spend listening to me reading what I write watching me on YouTube all of the things and I just this is just something that I just had to get out. So do with it what you will. I hope that it helps you. I hope that it somehow brings you peace. Um, once again, there is a mindful self-compassion workbook that I'm using with my therapist. I don't recommend using it without a therapist, but if you are in therapy, I'll put a link to it in this episode description. 
please be kind to yourself so that you can be kind to other people and stop being an asshole. We're all a little bit of an asshole. It's not a read. It's not a judgment, okay? Everybody's a little bit of an asshole. But if you can stop being as much of an asshole, you might really be doing yourself in the world a good favor, okay? All right, so I will talk to you guys soon. I love you all. I hope you love yourself because I damn sure love myself these days. It, t it took me a long time to get here, bitch, but I'm here. Okay, bye, y'all.